Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy, happy New Year. And this is the Larry Kudlow Show. And I've been off for the week. It's been wonderful, but we will resume the Fox Business uh, Kudlow Show on Tuesday. So that's um, 4 to 5 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday. want to give that a plug. If you can't get there at 4, text your favorite nine-year-old who will show you how to DVR the show. And here, uh, you can live stream us on the Internet. It's LarryKudlowShow.com, LarryKudlowShow.com throughout the country, around the world, and the solar system, and the Milky Way, whatever that may mean. So um, a couple of things I want to say. Let me um, open the show with um, one sad thought. Uh, Pope Benedict uh, has, um, has passed away. He was very sick. Uh, he was um, a great man. He gave up his papacy. Uh, he had been emeritus for the last few years because he'd been very bad health. Um, one is, you know, condolences to his family, condolences uh, to the uh, Vatican. Um, he was a traditionalist. He was a conservative. He preached conservative church doctrine. He was the right-hand man of Pope uh, John Paul II uh, for many, many years, I guess about 25 years, and succeeded him uh, as Pope. He resigned in 2013 because of health reasons, as I said. He finally passed away at age 95. He was a great man, a great intellectual, a great theologian, a great teacher. Uh, Joseph Ratzinger from Germany, I believe he was from Munich, Cardinal of Munich. So let me just say... Um, Rest in peace. May God watch over him. And that is a loss. Here, coming back at home, uh, there's a lot of things to talk about. Some weird stuff going on. Trump's tax returns were released yesterday. There's nothing in it. It's a bloody bore. It sets up a very bad precedent. They're going to look at it. I've seen some early uh, discussions and analysis of it. Abided by the law, he used all the available credits and deductions and LLCs and blah blah blah. There's no there there. It's just another Democratic uh, left attempt to embarrass the former president, try to stop him from running for president again. I have no idea. Uh, I'm not picking winners and losers in the primary, as I say, let a thousand flowers bloom. But I will say things like this have no impact whatsoever. Just going after Trump. And as Kevin Brady, the ranking Republican on the House Ways and Means Committee, has said, the Democrats may come to regret this. Using tax returns as some kind of uh, threat or weapon is a crazy idea. It's a very bad idea. Uh, I hope it doesn't spread, but you never know. But they have nothing on Trump here, nothing uh, at all. The other thing that's spreading around, of course, is this character, uh, Santos, George Santos, who was elected uh, from Long Island. 
look, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to defend him. Uh, he lied about his resume uh, up and down the line. Okay, I don't want to defend any of that stuff. It's very dishonorable. But I will say this, okay, when it comes to lying, okay, when it comes to lying, uh, first of all, President Biden has repeated whoppers, right? He said he was a coal miner. He wasn't. He said he was arrested for civil rights demonstrations with Nelson Mandela in South Africa. It never happened. He said he was a truck driver. He wasn't. He said he was first in his law school. He wasn't. He said he accepted, he was accepted admissions to West Point Military Academy. He did not. There's nothing, I mean, talk about lies and your resume, all right? Again, I don't want to defend Santos. I think what he's done is uh, dishonorable. Uh, talking about Baruch College, talking about working at, uh, what, City, City Bank, uh, Citigroup, and Goldman Sachs, things like that. But, you know, when it comes to life, how about Senator Warren, who told us for many years she was really a Native American. Trump used to call her Pocahontas. She <laughs> proved out she was not a Native American, or let's put it this way, tests showed that she was such a tiny particle of Native American that tens of millions of Americans would have been Native Americans. So there's just lies every place here, all right? They're all whoppers. It's all bad. I don't want to defend it. I'm just saying you want to point the finger and go after him, fine. But the fact is you could start with Biden and go down the line. Uh, in Connecticut, uh, Richard Blumenthal, Senator Blumenthal, who was just reelected handily, unfortunately, he said he went to Vietnam. That turns out to be a lie. More recently in this campaign, he addressed the Connecticut Communist Party. He denied it. That turned out to be a lie. He did, in fact, talk to them. I mean, come on. All, people lie left and right. I don't like it one bit. I don't see any reason why anybody has to lie. I guess you could go back to Pope Benedict, okay, and his teachings in the church. How about the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not lie? I don't want to defend it. I'm just saying if people want to be self-righteous and holier than thou, you know, let's look at the record of all these other politicians and let's begin with President Biden himself, who has told so many whoppers. Let's look at Janet Yellen and Biden and Jay Powell, who told us there was no inflation and then it was transitory. It turned out we had the highest inflation rate near 10% in 40 years. A lie, okay? A flat-out lie. Now, that may be a different kind of lie. You could call it a substantive lie, but I don't know. I remember Joe Biden getting elected, uh, telling us that the shelves were bare, that there were no uh, COVID vaccines when he took office in uh, early 2021. It was a flat-out lie. Operation Warp Speed from one of President Trump's greatest achievements. And in fact, both Biden and his wife were vaccinated before the inauguration, okay? So if there were no vaccines on the shelves, how come they got vaccinated? Another lie. I could go on. Um, again, I do not want to uh, excuse Santos. I think he's entirely dishonorable here, but uh, let's not point the finger. Let me go on to something, perhaps a brighter note, all right? A brighter note. And that is, I think the next person to be nominated in the Republican Party, and presumably the next president, has to have an economic growth vision, a prosperity vision. Right now that is completely lacking. 
from anybody on either side of the aisle. I mean, here are the Republicans, particularly in the Senate, supporting this uh, crazy $1.7 trillion on the spending bill, which also has nearly $100 billion in tax hikes. Uh, that's not growth. The Bidens don't care about growth. They never use the word growth. They seldom use the word prosperity. Uh, they're $4 trillion plus in spending and debt uh, is anti-growth. Uh, they are central planners. They are socialists. Uh, they are tax the richers. They are income, in income equality. There's no growth vision. There's no Ronald Reagan growth vision. And let's go back, all right, four decades when Reagan worked with Paul Volcker to slay the uh, double-digit inflation rate. Volcker raised the Fed's target rates and slayed the money supply, okay, and boosted the value of the dollar. And after a tough year or so, year and a half, conquered inflation. But at the same time he was doing this, Reagan slashed discretionary spending. He increased defense, but he cut discretion and non-defense domestic spending. I'm not talking Social Security here. I'm just saying all these other accounts that are really not essential, Reagan slashed them. Reagan slashed marginal tax rates. He deregulated energy and a number of other sectors, and he gave Volcker his wholehearted support to conquer inflation. In other words, Reagan boosted the supply side of the economy, the production of goods and services. Reagan created incentives to work, invest, take risks, start new businesses, and it paid off with an economy that grew by nearly 5% for the next seven years after the initial recession. Now, I will give former President Donald Trump credit for his tax cuts that were passed in late 2017 and pre-pandemic in 2018 and 2019 work miracles. Actually, although they've been clipped away in a couple of places, the bulk of the Trump corporate tax cuts are still in place. Not all, but most of them. I think it's the only real growth factor in the economy. Um, of course, Trump is for energy independence. As I said, Reagan deregulated oil. It fell from over $40 a barrel in those days, uh, nominal terms, to $10 a barrel a few years later. That's the kind of growth policies we need. That's the kind of prosperity policies we need. The middle class has been slaughtered by the Biden inflation. Real wages, real incomes, real family incomes uh, have fallen 19 consecutive months. The stock market, of course, has come down. You can say that's a rich person's game, but it's much more than that. 125 million people are in the stock market. Middle income people, uh, IRAs and 401ks and various retirement plans, they've been damaged enormously. Uh, by the Biden inflation. So my point is a simple point. We need to restore economic growth, economic prosperity policies. Namely, we need to cut back sharply on bloated budget spending. We need to keep tax rates low, go to a low tax rate, flat tax, or at the very minimum, make the Trump tax cuts permanent. They begin to expire. 
uh, January 1st, in just a couple days, uh, they begin to expire. That's not good. We need to open oil and gas spigots. Uh, oil prices have come down. Gas prices have come down. That's a good thing. But unfortunately, it was done mostly uh, by wasting our strategic petroleum reserve. Uh, we've seen a decline in actual production of barrels per day. I mean, we're still under 12 million barrels a day. We should be close to 14 or 15 million barrels a day. The peak was 13 million plus pre-COVID uh, during the Trump years. Open the oil and gas spigots that affects every aspect, that permeates every aspect of American economic life. Those are things that we need to do to restore 4 or 5% economic growth. Over the long term, the Bidens and Janet Yellen and the whole gang never talk. They're content with 1% growth or less than 2% growth. They never talk the language of prosperity. The great Art Laffer, uh, presidential medal uh, winner, will be on at the half hour to talk much more about why this country needs growth why growth is the key, why being stewards of prosperity should be the GOP House rallying cry and should be the GOP primaries rallying cry uh, as the uh, you know next round of elections approach. I can't begin to emphasize how important this is. I, I think American spirits have been demoralized. We are substituting welfare for work. We are degrading the dignity of work. That cuts into the very fabric and soul of the American idea and the American ideal. We have got to change all this. We don't need central planners who are using the Green New Deal and climate change to run the entire economy into the ground. We don't need all these crazy ideas to end fossil fuels. We don't need to sit around taxing successful earners. We need to reward success, not punish it. These are old themes of mine. I'm not breaking any new ground here. I'm just saying, as my own New Year thought, we need to restore a prosperity agenda. It is the single most important thing we should do. And we need to emphasize the value and dignity of work. You cannot have an economy run by central planners, big government socialists. You cannot have a successful economy with the animal spirits roaring if you're going to pay government benefits and not require work, if you're going to tax success, if you're going to wage a regulatory war on business, if you're going to wage a war against fossil fuels. We are in the wrong track. You know, this year, which is now ending, so far... We know for the first three quarters of the year, the inflation rate was 7.5% and the growth rate was just about zero, 0.3%. Biden inherited the strong Trump economy post-COVID, 6.5% in the first quarter, for heaven's sakes. He inherited that from Trump. But here, Biden's first full year, 2022, we've had no growth and high inflation and high interest rates, and plunging stock prices. I don't want to be overly pessimistic. I'm just being realistic. Those are factoids. What I'm saying is we need to get out of this malaise. We need to get out of this slump, and we can do it. 
We could borrow the best from Reagan and Trump. We could borrow the best from JFK's tax cuts, the Democrat, and Reagan and Trump. It doesn't have to be uh, partisan, although it has been in recent years. But this is the greatest challenge. We should have border security, which is part of the prosperity agenda. We must have border security. We must have a new reformed legal immigration process. America was built on immigrants. I'm all for it. But you've got to stop what's going on at the border. The border should be sealed. That is absolutely crucial. And um, we must recognize peace through military and defense strength, peace through strength, but not by spending every year more and more necessarily. We can do it by producing more and giving more resources from the economy, from a healthy, vibrant private sector. That's where the resources come from, not simply government spending in a weak economy that creates more debt and more interest expense. I could go on and on, but as I say, Art Laffer's coming on in a few minutes and a half hour. We will talk about the prosperity uh, idea, which has been lost. The Bidens don't care about it. Republicans should. Republicans have been a big disappointment to me. Uh, finishing the year off with, uh, what, 18 or 20 Republican senators actually voting for a big spend, high tax, over-regulate, omnibus bill, crazy stuff. That is wrong. And as you look towards the early election, which you're going to see candidates declaring in 2023, and all that begins to mount up, then you have to look for the prosperity agenda. It is the number one issue. I'm going to take a break. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is The Larry Kudlow Show. We'll be back in a few moments. Now, back to The Larry Kudlow Show. All right, welcome back, folks. Larry Kudlow, Happy New Year to everybody. Thank you for listening on uh, New Year's Eve. You know, I want to uh, cite a very good column by my friend J James Freeman in the uh, Wall Street Journal, uh, Best of the Web. He calls it a Reagan lesson for Biden. And the subheader is a booming economy is the recipe for re-election. A booming economy is the recipe for re-election. Uh, James Freeman is completely right. Um, inflation is a tax on the poor. He goes through some of the numbers. The middle class has been killed. Purchasing power from paychecks fell 2.9% for middle-income households in 2022. Fell, fell two, almost 3%. The bottom fifth, 1.5% uh, increase. The top uh, fifth, 1% increase. This is according to a CBO uh, study. Uh, median household income is falling. Uh, the inflation rate is starting to come down. We will talk about that uh, as the show moves ahead. But he writes, four decades ago, Reagan knew that along with encouraging Fed Chairman Paul Volcker to restrain the supply of money, he also needed to give American business and workers greater incentives to increase the supply of cars, gasoline, and everything else in a vibrant economy. In 1981, Congress enacted Reagan's across-the-board tax cuts. He launched his deregulatory program to unleash the economy. With tighter monetary policy, recession followed in 82. 
By the end of that year, despite the media's carping, a tremendous recovery developed. The U.S. economy roared in the first quarter of 1983 on its way to 4.6% real growth per year for the whole year then and for the next seven years. Now, massive federal debt and a non-competitive tax system is already damaging this economy. And there's no evidence that Mr. Biden or Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, or any of his top domestic advisors, there's no evidence that they understand the importance of a prosperous economy. None. And that's got to be a key point. We can do this. We can do this. We might even be able to avoid recession, although that's not likely. But it can be a mild recession. The hope lies with the House Republicans who must set a new prosperity agenda. I believe they will, by the way, and I believe Kevin McCarthy is exactly the right guy to lead it. We'll talk about that later in the show. Congressman French Hill will come on and tell us some what's going on. Uh, Jason Smith, the ranking Republican on the Budget Committee, is going to come on also and tell us about some of the New Year plans. I'm just saying as we look into a new year, let us be optimistic. We know how to solve our problems of economic funk, economic slump, economic malaise. We know how to do that. The question is, will we do it? And the bigger question right now is, can we look to the Republican House to get us off on the right foot? But also, we must look to the Republican candidates who will run for the Senate. I believe let a thousand flowers bloom. Let us have a, you know, a good primary. But most importantly, there must be a prosperity agenda to lift us out of this higher inflation, low-growth economic slump. This is not hard. We have done it before. As I said, post-World War II, Democrat John F. Kennedy did it. Republican Ronald Reagan did it. Republican Donald Trump did it. We know how to do this. Let's get moving. Restrain government, limit spending and borrowing, keep tax rates rock bottom. A nice low tax rate, flat tax would do it. Stop the regulatory war against business. Stop the regulatory war against fossil fuels. And by the way, along the way, let's enforce the border. Let's control the border. That's absolutely crucial. And let's realize that we need economic resources and strong growth to give us peace through strength. That was how Reagan upended the Soviet Union. Literally, their system didn't produce the goods. Literally, Reagan's policies produced the goods. And that made America strong. And that made the Soviet Union weak. If we turn the spigots back on, for fossil fuels, we can get oil prices back down to 40 or $50, gasoline prices back down to $2 a gallon, that kind of thing. That will help the middle class. That will help the whole country. And for heaven's sakes, let us talk about the dignity and importance of work. Not welfare, but workfare. Those are all the key points that we must do looking to the new year. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 